I'm here with Ricardo Cambarita, an innovator based in Mexico City. Ricardo is head of people and organization at Conecta, a fintech company dedicated to making the digital economy in Mexico more inclusive, as well as the co-founder of Armon Consulting, an organization focusing on humanizing change and innovation. Ricardo was actually born in the US. His parents are Colombian, but now he lives in Mexico. He's also a clever hybrid. Let's see what he has to say. Ricardo, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Gabriel. I'm very honored to be here. We really appreciate it. As we said, you have a very interesting background, having studied psychology as well as change and innovation. So how does that knowledge affect how you lead your teams? Well, if it affects you a lot, at the end, you need to understand how people behave and why people behave like that. So if you're a psychologist, you have the opportunity to know that people is behaving because of what they are feeling. They are feeling something because of the idea that they have of themselves, their self-concept. So at the end, as a leader, when you are working with people, being a psychologist allows you to see that you need to impact people in the way they are seeing themselves. That's the way you let people grow. The other thing is that you, you will always be thinking that people can change, people can grow. I'm a believer that everybody has the opportunity to go to the best version of themselves, but at the end, you cannot push them to do that. They need to make that decision. And you need to create the conditions where people make that decision to grow. So when you're working with a team, being a psychologist and working in change management for so many years, you just trust that people are going to make the decision and you create that conditions. Those conditions are, are going to help them to find the strengths that they have, find themselves. It's not about adding more. It's about taking everything that is not working for them away so they can be better people. So a better person comes out after that decision, after they understand that they can do it. Your work as a leader, your job as a leader is to serve them in order to facilitate that decision to be better. That's what I would say. It's nice to have that support. You even call yourself a development Sherpa. So you feel like you're more of a mentor or a coach? I think I can do both. What I can do is show them my own struggles, all the situations I have been working on in many companies around the world, allows me to know the story and tell them this may happen. In that way, you are a mentor. This may happen. You have to do this. You have to do that. But in the other hand, you need to ask them the right questions, the questions that they are not able to answer from their level of thinking. So you have to be a mentor, you have to direct, and as well, you need to coach and you need to ask them to, so they can find their own conclusions. So to be a Sherpa, you need to allow them to follow you in your path, but as well, you need to let them challenge themselves in order to create new answers. I don't believe it's about giving the fish or teaching people how to fish. It's about, again, creating conditions 
so people can find new ways to fish and they can teach you as well. You need to make a partnership. Leadership is a deal between two people. You have to decide to lead or to be leader. Mm-hmm. A lot of the photos you have on your LinkedIn page, they're photos of you and your team. You guys have been all over the world in US, Canada, China, Colombia, Costa Rica, Spain, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, and Peru. So everywhere. <laughs> About everywhere, a few countries. It's been an experience. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's very cool. But what kind of topics do you teach in those summit situations? Well, I do teach many topics, but I believe in three things. There are so many situations that can be easily stopped and easily managed with just being open with others. So once you learn to express truth, it's going to be easier for them to understand who you are. I teach executives how they can be more open. The other thing I believe about is self-determination. Everything that is happening in your life, in your company, is your decision. You don't have to be the CEO. Actually, you decide who your CEO is. If you don't like your CEO, you can just change jobs. That's it. Self-determination and having the... How do I say that? Uh, once you understand that everything that is happening in your life is your decision, you have more personal power to make new decisions. And the other thing that I may be teaching about is how people, companies, and teams, and communities can have a healthier self-concept, the idea that they have of themselves, because that creates health around them, that the way you see yourself is the way that you present yourself, that you present your ideas, your companies. Once you understand how you see yourself, you can make changes. You cannot change anything that you have not accepted before. So you need to ask yourself, who am I? How do I see myself? And after that, do I want to be different? Do I want to change? Do I want to go to a better place? Do I want to go to a better stage of my life? That's it. In a post about two months ago, I think you said, no se trata de innovar por innovar, de tecnologizarse porque sí. Don't Try and innovate just to innovate or add technology just because you can. Could you explain how Connecta is actually innovating but delivering value to the Mexican people? Yes, of course. But Connecta is maybe the biggest and the most important payments platform in Mexico. We are partnered with OXO, which has 20,000 stores around the country. So we are helping people to be part of a digital economy. Something that I can evaluate from my clients and many companies that have been working with change management projects is that they want to digitalize everything that they do because it's cool to do it. We need to be digital. We need to be modern. We need to do something different. But let's go to the digital era. So you don't do it just because it is cool or just because everybody else is doing that. You do it because you need to change and you need to elevate the level of thinking that creates your business model. This is a very big problem in Latin America because everybody thinks that if, if I have a marketplace, if I have this store so I can sell things online, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be changing everything. No, you need to change the level of thinking. Before you go online, before you go there, you need to evaluate who you are. You need to evaluate what's the value that your company is delivering to the market. And you need to elevate your level of thinking. That means that you need to change yourself. And again, you need to change the self-concept that you have from yourself at the organization. That's going to be a hard part. If you do it just because, 
it's not going to be good for you. Actually, you may go broke <laughs> if you do that. So you need to be very careful when you do it. Change is something from maybe the last two decades. All the companies have been talking about change management, innovation. Let's make this better. Let's make this better again. Sometimes you need to accept who you are and you need to change the things that you really need to change. Not everything is going to change. Not everything needs to change. There are so many things that you need to crystallize and you need to appreciate on your own business and in your own life. So change when you have to do it. Don't hesitate when you have to change. Don't be afraid of change, but don't just change it just because. What do you think the future will look like? Lots of companies are becoming more digital, but how will that affect the future of work? Do you remember that movie, Back to the Future too? Yeah. They went to the future from... I don't know, 1985 to 2015. And there was this flying skateboard. Do you remember that? It was so cool. I'm still waiting for that. Uh, I want to buy that, but they are not selling it. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't created yet. So you can predict the future. In that same movie, there's a drone from USA Today taking a picture from a man that is being arrested. So that's already happening. But the skateboard, the flying skateboard, I'm still waiting for it. So you can predict the future. And everybody is talking about the new normal, about the everyday behaviors that are going to be changing. I was reading an article the other day in an American magazine. The message was something about no more hugs. Nobody's going to be hugging anymore. I said, well, that's a, that's a very sad world. I don't want to live in that world. I think some behaviors are going to be here to stay. A low-touch economy is appearing. Online sales, online businesses are growing very fast. Connect is growing because of that. But I don't think everything is going to be here to stay. Behaviors and habits take from 30 to 90 days to be settled in a person or even in a company or a country. We have been in this quarantine for more than 90 days. So I think some behaviors may stay. People are going to go online to get the things that they need. But there are so many other things that you need in the real, not the digital world. So... From my point of view, you need to be very, how do I say that? You need to be very careful about what everybody's predicting like is a new reality, a new normal. Of course, I know there are some differences. This is going to take maybe a year or two just to go back to our offices and work the way that you used to. So many people are going to prefer to stay at home, working from home. I'm one of them. Actually, we sent people to work from home since the beginning of March. So I think so many people are going to be preferring that. And that's going to change the economy. You're not going to go out so much. You're appreciating your house. You're not using shoes so much. Actually, I'm not using shoes right now, to tell you the truth. (laughs) So I think that's some behaviors, some preferences are going to be there to stay. But some others, for example, I was thinking the other day, I was in, in this forum, we were talking about challenge and the revolution of challenge. We are going to need more people who have more analytical skills, who can understand data and predict behaviors and predict what's going to happen in the markets in the future. But as well, because we are talking online through a screen, people are going to need more personal skills or interpersonal skills. People are going to be forced in order to be more successful, to develop those skills, negotiation, leading people, motivating others. It's harder on the screen. It's harder using Zoom. So I think it's going to be 
a mix, thinking about talent, is going to be a mix between uh, a geek and a psychologist. Those are the people that are going to be very successful. A low-touch economy is coming. I'm waiting for this situation to change in order to help my friends. I miss them so much. I miss my employees. I miss everybody. I need to say that. I'm a very touchy person. Yeah, I miss hugs too. For some of our listeners, they might not be familiar with the term low-touch economy. Could you explain what that means? Yes, of course. When you go to the market, you can touch everything. If you go to a supermarket, for example, and you want to buy some fruit, you are going to touch it in your hands, how heavy it is, how does it smell. Right now, you cannot do that online. You can do that if you're going to buy some sneakers. But if you are going to buy a banana, you need to touch it and smell it. The last time I was in a supermarket was three months ago. I have been doing all my shopping from home. And so I have to relate better with the guy that does shopping for me. So I can tell him, look for this kind of bananas, smell it, feel it, touch it. So I'm not able to touch that. And I'm not touching the money that I'm delivering to the cashier. So here it is. I'm paying for these bananas. I use a credit card, Connecta, of course. And I'm using so many other methods in order to be part of that economy and keep living my life. But at the end, behaviors like that are going to change everywhere in the world. In Mexico, cash is king. In Latin America, cash is king. And there are many countries, developing countries, where cash is king. But that's changing. Even the most humble people are starting to use their smartphones to pay for services, to pay for for products. So that economy is going to be here to stay. We are going to need a new level of thinking. We are going to need to imagine new ways to use cash because there's a lot of cash circulating around the world. That's what Conexta is doing. You can go to an OXO and you can pay a product that you're buying in Amazon, for example. Even that behavior, I think in the next years, is going to change as well. Okay. So OXO is like the... 7-Eleven. Yeah, CBL 7-Eleven. Okay. Yeah, I think even here in Germany, cash is still king for some reason. <laughs> so things are changing. In Africa, they have a system on the phones that a lot of people use called M-Pesa. So it's an app where you can pay for things digitally. So I think, yeah, it will be interesting to see how that develops in the future. Yeah, that low-touch economy is what is coming. So you don't need to touch the money. You don't need to touch the guy who is delivering the product. So that's going to be here to stay. That's changing. You need to be part of the digital economy. And we need to do that very fast. Economies that are not going that way may be doomed. So countries, companies need to think about that. Of course, as I said before, we need to do it in a very careful way. We need to rethink our models, our business models in order to be successful when we do that. But that's here to stay. Yeah, that's a good point. We mentioned before that you have leadership roles in two companies, Connect and Armo. So how do you balance both of those roles? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility, right? Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. But um, I enjoy my work. I enjoy what I do. I think I dedicate most of my time to Connecta because it's a business that is going to escalate very fast. And I'm so proud that we are doing something to 
allow millions of Mexicans to be part of that digital economy. I'm, I'm very proud of that. And when I do consultancy services, I'm working both with Central American clients and South American clients, big companies that may be needing to understand how to be part of the digital economy as well. I don't know how I do it. <laughs> I work a lot, but I enjoy it a lot as well. With our podcast, what we're trying to do is help people in LATAM and the Latino diaspora to be able to compete in the global marketplace. Ricardo, what would be the tips you would give to people who are trying to shift for the pandemic economy right now? How are you adjusting your meetings and things like that? Well, what I'm doing is I'm trying to be there for my people. So you need to make sure that you dedicate enough time so people know that you are there, so people can feel significant. If I go a little deeper, people need three things to be productive. The first one is to be significant. They need to feel that they are part of something. And you can accomplish that by calling them, inviting them to talk, being present, communicating, communicating, and again communicating. The second need that a person has to be productive is to feel competent. So you need to make sure that they have the right tools. You need to deliver the tools. So make sure that you uh, allow people to feel comfortable and to have the right tools and the right knowledge in order to go online and work from home, which is not an easy thing to do because people, they are working with their family around. The dog is barking. The cat is jumping around. It's kind of hard to do it if you haven't done that before. The third necessity for people to be productive is to feel appreciated. So you need to let them express themselves. So you need to have some tools so they can express their ideas, their questions in order to, again, to feel appreciated and understand that you appreciate them because of what they are, not what they should be. So that's very important in order to go online. The other thing I will say is that you need to measure your time and you need to be very accurate with the use of your time. What I do right now is I have 20 minutes meetings or maybe 15 minute work sessions, but that's it, no more than that. That's going to allow you to clear your mind, to have some time for yourself, to take a nap, sometimes a snack, Sometimes just free your mind from every number and everything that you're hearing, people, concerns and everything. That, that's going to allow you to have some time for yourself between meetings. In that way, you are going to be more conscious and you're going to be more humble and you're going to be in touch with yourself when you're leading people. Remember that leadership is service to others. Leadership is not only directing behaviors or pushing people to do something. Sometimes you need to do that. So Sometimes you need to Go there and be very directive. But leadership is about serving others. And to serve others, you need to be very humble. Humble comes from humans, which means earth, tierra. You need to put your feet on the ground, keep your hands on the job, and keep your eyes on the sky. So that way you can allow people to understand that you're going to be there for them. But you need to demand results, of course. You need to demand results all the time if you want your business to be successful, but from a humble position, but from a server position. Right now, people are struggling with so many. There's a very large scale crisis that we haven't had since the Great Depression. You need to be there so people can 
be conscious as well. You need to be there as a leader to deliver information, to listen to them, to demand results, to allow them to be relaxed enough so they can think well, make good decisions, and stressed enough so they can grow. Yeah, that's a good balance. Right now, it's very easy to fall into a Netflix coma if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, 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 that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> People can learn so much from the internet now. Why is it still important to invest in personal development courses? This world needs both meaning and reality. When you have your computer, you're touching your computer right now. That's reality. That's real. That's material. You actually need to understand the meaning of that because the object by itself doesn't represent anything. The meaning that you give to that object is going to change your life. If you are all day online and after this conversation, after this interview, you are going to be watching a Netflix movie. And after that, you are going to have a Zoom meeting with your friends. So computer is going to be very important for you. So you need to develop human skills. You need to work on yourself so you can keep a balance. You can integrate meaning with reality. And meaning is at the bottom of your psyche. If you see the Declaration of Independence so many years ago, there is no single thing that talks about privacy in Facebook or maybe are there going to be flying skateboards or what are we going to do with the pandemic? I think Jefferson wasn't thinking about that. What we think is completely different from what they used to think. But you use the same principles. The U.S., the nation, is based on the same principles. So you may invite Jefferson to talk about privacy on Facebook. He may don't know anything about what we are talking about he may help us to understand better how we can approach that problem. You need to work in your own development in order to be stronger in principles. I think we need that more than ever in history. There's so much technology. There are so many things we can do right now. So many people working in technology, so many people developing new ideas. We cannot forget who we are and what's the meaning of that technology for us, what are the principles that you are going to be using to approach every phenomenon that is going to become? What is coming? We don't know what is coming right now. We don't understand the the size of the change that we are going to be facing. We cannot predict the future that good, but we can be stronger in order to face those changes without forgetting who you are. That's a really nice illustration. With the pandemic, you already mentioned that Connect is growing and that you really miss your friends, but how is it affecting Armung? We are doing everything online. Of course, our clients want us to go to some other countries, but it's impossible to do it because our space is closed. For example, in Colombia, we cannot go there now, right now. We have to stay here. We have to do it online. So we need to appreciate our clients more. I was having a conversation with a CEO the other day, and he was asking, what can I do in order for people to fall in love with my company, with my service, my programs? And I don't think it's that way. I think it's the other way around. If you want people to love your product, you need to love your customer. You need to go there first. You need to understand them. You need to listen to them. So 
in this situation, we need to be a lot closer. We are far away physically. It doesn't mean that you cannot be very close to them, listening to them. You can create proximity, even online. But you need to be willing to do that. You need to be going an extra mile in order to show them that you're here. So, of course, it's affecting so many businesses. Consultancy services are affected all over the world. Other businesses may not even survive. That's sad. But we need to understand that everything is changing right now. So there are going to be new opportunities for people who are very aware of what the market needs. And they are going to be aware of what they can deliver to the market. Maybe I'm going back to the last question, but uh, I don't think it's about only presenting your products online or doing a marketing strategy, which is important as well. It's very important as well. But being willing to go the extra mile to be there for your clients and allow them to understand that you are changing as well. You need to be very, again, humble. And you need to have a very big doses of compassion in order to be there for your clients. So yeah, it's affecting us. Business is not what it used to be. But I think that's not going to be forever because we are thinking about new strategies so we can deliver. At the end, the client is going to be satisfied with that. You need to go from defensive to offensive. And I'm not thinking about aggression. I'm thinking about with COVID. If you're in a defensive strategy, you are thinking about how is this going to affect me? Oh my God, what can I do now? You need to move to offensive. And you need to understand that there are going to be so many opportunities for you as a person or as a company to go for. It's survival of the quickest. You need to act very fast. Yeah, that's true. With these businesses, you're mostly working in LATAM, but how do you feel speaking English and Spanish has benefited you as a whole? You need to be brave. You need to be bold and allow yourself to speak your voice in a different language because that's going to open so many doors for you. That's going to open so many opportunities for you. There was a time in China, I was lost in a city called Wuxi. I wanted a glass of milk and some Oreos. I, I love Chinese food, but I, I was there for three months. So I was just thinking about a glass of milk and Oreos. So I go to this small store. I'm, I'm lost. I'm walking. I love that. Being lost in a city with a language I cannot speak is, is so interesting for me because you have to challenge yourself to communicate with people. So I go into this small store. There's this kid playing. I had some papers in my hand and he just took it from me. And start running around the, the store. Her grandmother, I believe that was her grandmother, <laughs> just comes out and starts yelling something. So I was about to leave the store and she gave me a Coke and the Chinese version of Oreos. I don't know how that happened. You know, when I told that to my friend, they said, oh, come on, every guy who looks like a tourist, they're going to give that. Yeah. But again, I was thinking about that. It was very important for me to allow myself to communicate. I don't speak Mandarin, of course. So uh, <laughs> allowing yourself to communicate with others, even if you don't do it well at the beginning, is going to create connections. And maybe going back to other questions that you were asking, what we need right now is to connect to each other. We need to be very connected. You may not be 
seeing your people right now. You may not be hugging them right now, but you need to connect with them. And a new language, a new words, a new way to see the world because language expresses the way you see the world. That's going to give you so many new distinctions in order to see a very different world and as well to see yourself in a very different way. So that's going to create growth for you. So go for it, guys. Don't wait for it to happen. Go be bold and speak English, French, whatever. <laughs> Learn to new languages because they're going to change you. I'm going to be very honest with you. I learned watching movies, having conversations with American people or English people or Australians. I learned English by traveling. Actually, I didn't took English lessons until a few years ago. I mean, two to three years. I learned Portuguese that way too. I think I'm good with languages. I don't want to sound presumptuous here. I may not be very good with languages, but I'm very good with communicating. See how people react and ask them, could you please correct me? Could you please correct me if I'm wrong when I'm saying that word? Uh, I think that's the way I learned. My father speaks English. My mother, she doesn't speak English at all. Not at all, believe me. No, maybe not two words together. So... I think I learned it going around life and I may need some improvement. You may recommend something, of course. No, you're doing very well. Thank you. I use that too. I speak five languages now. Most of it, like you said, is just going up to people, saying something. If they laugh because it made no sense, you just ask, what did I say? And you keep going. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the fun part because you go there, you say something. Uh, you may say something completely different. But if you allow people to have fun with you, you're going to be learning. Of course, if you take serious, a professional to teach you how to speak English or any other language, I think that works better, of course. If you combine the two of those, it's going to be very fun. Yeah, I had a funny experience. Someone was asking me how I was doing. I was trying to say, oh, I'm really hungry. I was saying I'm really sweaty. It was just a one syllable difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little different, right? But you know, that, that happens even if you speak the same languages. When I came to Mexico, I noticed that these guys, they, they speak so different. Even I joke with my Mexican friends. I say, you don't speak Spanish, you speak Mexican. And they laugh about that because there are so many different words and they have this rich culture that, that, that we have here in Mexico, that there are so many words that come from ancient languages. They're part of the Spanish that I speak here. So... There's so many things I couldn't understand. I said, my God, I don't know how to speak Spanish. If you love people, you're going to try communicating with them and you're going to enjoy the ride. Yeah, that's true. And Ricardo, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful discussion. If people want to get in touch with you, what are your social handles where they can reach you? So you can contact me using Instagram at recombariza. I don't know if you're going to write that down because it's not a very easy last name, even in Spanish. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, looking for me as Ricardo Enrique Combariza. Okay, that's great. Don't worry, I'll put a link in the transcript. <laughs> good, good, yeah. But if anybody wants to ask something or just to get in touch and have a discussion, I'm going to enjoy that. All right, well, that sounds great. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening app to hear other episodes. For more info about our courses, editing services, or our scholarship program, look at our website, cleverhybrids.com. You can also find the transcripts and show notes for our episodes there. This is Gabby V. Until next time, learn by doing 
and asking. 